Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Alright, so then we will then go ahead and skip forward to the 21st of planting. So you got done helping Bob, we TPK'd, but you were resurrected. <laughs> ah, like all good parties, yes. Exactly. And I'm, I love how Braden's going to have no idea what's going on because he's not listening in right now, so <laughs> he's just going to get smacked with all of this when he hops on next. So um, we uh, then move on to the 21st of planting. Uh, it's the morning after, what would you like to do from here? So we're saying I've assisted you with your thing. Yep, and you um, now have all the powers of the Raven one mm-hmm. point uh, than what you currently have in your Warlock book. So, which is still maxed out by my uh, proficiency modifier, I believe. So, you know, we'll go ahead and say then that you get just one for use with the. Raven. I don't want to, okay. you know, I don't want to since this is kind of a quest reward, and I'm assuming you'll probably use end up using a point if. Uh, Braden really is going to throw up, throw us up against Orcus. Uh, we'll I'm go sh- ahead and yeah. I'm sure I'd have used it for the uh, flame breath. It uses two points. Yeah, probably. So we'll go ahead and just you just mark that somewhere on your sheet. That just brings me back to a point. We're good. That's yeah. why I was making sure to do one in the middle of the quest so that I have access to flame breath. Yeah, exactly. So, uh. I don't know. What else would... I guess I'm going to still... Would there be any quest line or any requests for me at the guild from the Justice Guild? Oh, yeah, duh. Um, they were going to do that the next day, but you're helping out Bob instead. So, yeah, you head back to the uh, Temples Guild, uh, checking in with them, and there is a whole stack of paperwork that you have listed in front of you on things that are going on with emissaries from the Fire Islands. Perfect. Do you want to sort through those here, or do you want to just take the whole stack with you to the Justice Guild and deal with it? Uh, I'm going to sort with it through it here and start making any notes that I think might be of use to the Shadow Guild. All right, go ahead then and say, go ahead and roll me a d6. D6. That is a one. A one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead then, and uh, I was going to do plus two, but max of six. So we'll say that there are three. Um, case files listed in front of you that catch your eye is something that you might actually be able to reference on. So um, go ahead then and roll me three percentile back. Alright. First one is an 87. Alright. Let me write that down. 87. 88. Don't ask me. (laughs) (laughs) And 100. Oh, wow. If you get all zeros, that's 100, right? Uh, yes, all zeros is a hundred because one in two zeros or uh, uh, zero 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 is a hundred and then zero zero one is one. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's a hundred. Okay, wow. There are two of them that you are fairly confident that you can win. Um, the in favor of the individual that is uh, you would be, you know, representing or counseling or whatever. Uh, the first one is a claim that there has been uh, kind of a breach of contract between a shipping vessel and the uh, Fighters Guild. Uh, the shipping vessel was supposed to bring a whole bunch of steel into port 
for the Fighters Guild Smiths to then use. But instead, they showed up with a whole bunch of iron ore um, under the impression that it was going to be smelted into steel once it got here. And they were going to, you know, deal with that. So, you know, that one you're pretty confident you can come to some sort of agreement on. Uh, there is another one here from the... Um, so there's some slavers that say that they were under the impression that these slaves would be able to be sold uh, upon entering Port City. Um, but unfortunately, the slaves that they took, uh, they weren't actually slaves. They were other sailors that boat clearly, you know, raided and that kind of stuff. And so they're saying that they had no idea what was going on. Uh, they thought that they were actual slaves, so you can't take these slaves and release them into freedom. You know, that's that's not how it works. We're slavers. You're stealing our merchandise. Uh, so they're going up against Port City itself. And you're pretty sure you can come to some sort of agreement there. Uh, and then the last one, that assassination truck. Uh, there is a red dragon bull that is accused of assassinating a member of the white dragon uh, within the frozen cap. Uh, one of their representatives uh, within Port City. There was some sort of meeting that was supposed to take place, some sort of agreement that was supposed to happen between the representatives of the Red Dragon and the White Dragon, but there was an assassination, and the Red Dragonborn is the one accused. Excellent. <laughs> I'm like, I think all of these could be useful to the uh, Shadows Guild as well, just to know the coming and going. Yeah. So then we're going to go ahead and say that each case will take up one of your days. So it's Perfect. the 21st of planting. Excellent. Well, we're going to say in that time, I'm going to be writing it. Oh, I have applied a contract of good behavior to Bob. <laughs> okay. Uh, for context, the contract of good behavior, it costs a parchment, a quill, and ink, and some minor magic infusion with a gem worth at least 10 gold pieces. So I'm going to take 10 out of my um, inventory. And it gives a plus one to all saves for the signer until the contract is canceled, broken, or the documenter dies. Awesome. And is that going to be at the beginning of the thing, uh, the 19th? Or is that going to be... Yes. Okay. And it can be entered with anyone, but as soon as the signing party does an evil act, the contract of good behavior is broken and the effect ends. DM's discretion. Since the DM is you, slash uh, Braden, I'll definitely pass it on. But Awesome. Yeah, so, and I mean, I'm allowed to have up to two contracts plus one for every three levels. So I've got one currently with, oh, the guy with the glaive that escorted me to the Fire Isles. Oh, yeah. Fighter skilled. And now one with you. Okay. And I think that's all I'm going to do. Other than possibly, is this one of those days I could get maybe a chain built by a certain dwarf we know? Uh, you would be able to you would be able to commission it today and pick it up tomorrow. Perfect. I'm gonna do that with my book of packs. Then I think that's all I need to do. <laughs> like I'm just talking in circles while I figure things out. Yeah, I think that's good for me. All right. So then, uh, which of these cases do you think you want to take on? And would you spend any time trying to recruit people? Uh, you know, for patrons. Um, I think I'd try and get one if I saw the right opportunity I'd go for one patron for the uh, Raven Queen Okay. Would you want to do that in the morning before you take on a case or in the evening after you Given her love for the evenings I'd probably do that Awesome. Alright then, so which case would you take on first? The assassination case the uh, slaver case or the uh, the one with the inventory, the steel iron 
I would do the steel ore one first. All right. So you um, head over to the Temple of Justice and you find one of the clerics and you explain that you're here to try and come to some sort of agreement with the case of Mitrick versus the Fighters Guild in uh, regards to their steel, um, the, the merchant stuff. So you... <laughs> to steal or to steal. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, he directs you to where Mitrick is currently being held, and you can speak with him. I would just introduce myself as a new, or I guess as a member of the Dominion of Knowledge from the Temple Guild, and ex- explain that I'm from the Fire Isles myself, and I'm hoping to find a way for everyone to be happy and for no one to be harmed. I'd make a bad joke about at least we're not in the Fire Isles where, you know, loser loses something much more valuable than some steel. (laughs) Yeah, very true. And where the hotter heads seem to be uh, in power. Exactly. He kind of, you know, his chuckle, you know, at the first joke kind of fades a little bit with the second one um, because you can tell he's probably run into some sort of issue before. He's like, (laughs) uh, yeah, I... uh, I know what you mean there. Uh, my name is uh, Mitrick. Uh, I'm glad you're going to be helping me out. Uh, so let me let me go ahead and just give you a rundown of what, what happened. And so then he tells you that uh, the Fighters Guild commissioned them to bring in a whole bunch of steel into the uh, Fighters Guild for their smiths to use, actual steel. And he says they brought, they didn't have time, the smiths within the Fire Islands would not have time to uh, get the iron smelted and forged into steel bars. So what they did is they brought all the iron they needed and then we're going to then have it um, uh, forged here in Port City into steel. So are they forging the ore into ingots then? Yeah, but the Fighters Guild found out that their ship had docked early and wanted their steel right away. And they had sent payment early to and to the mine in Fire Islands already, saying that, you know, oh, we're so glad it's here early, here's your money. And then upon finding out that it isn't actually steel, it's just iron, they're super upset that this is what's happening. They paid extra because of how quickly. And the mine owner now, back in the Fire Islands, doesn't want to refund them that money. So he's stuck here in the middle as the guy that shipped it across and as the guy that took the contract to send them steel. So that's where he's at. And he really could use your help and clearing his good name because he had the best of intentions. That's why he brought it early. It's just that circumstances led to all of this happening. All right. After you talk to him, you can ask any questions you want. And then how this is going to work, have you talk to one of the justice uh, clerics that's overseeing this case, um, who's going to render judgment, and you can try to convince them of what's happening. I think I'm going to... I don't think I have any other questions for him. His... his timeline and everything seems pretty clear. Okay. I would talk to a representative from the Fighters Guild next. Okay. You uh, head over to the Fighters Guild and you find one of the blacksmith guys in charge and uh, you question him. You just kind of ask, hey, what are, what's going on here with this? Or do you ask him something specific? First, I'll just get his side of the story. All right. He says that... Um, that yeah the ore was coming early but you know we were promised that it was going to be steel and what they're doing is they're making even more work for us 
See, we need that steel so we can get our projects going. But they're dumping all this iron on us that they want forged into steel to complete their order for us. So, yeah, we're getting a little bit out of it because we're making it. But it's also you know, backing up all of our orders because we now have all this iron we've got to turn into steel before we can purchase it from them. So, and we even, you know, thinking they were here early and seeing all these crates of ore, we gave them a bit of an extra tip for getting here early. And, you know, we're upset that now we have to back all of our current orders up in order to get this iron turned into steel. You know, and that's, right. that's, that's the problem. That, I understand. I'm going to have a, I'll be back kind of deal. And you can see Cherno's getting excited. He doesn't actually show it. But you can see the flames on him instead of just being kind of wispy blue flames or getting like little bright tips to it. <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm thinking you understand what I mean? Like when you can see a fire yeah. is kind of starting to build and it's just changing color a little bit here and there. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to Mitrick and ask him if they had it delivered early, how, who, who was going to convert it from ore to the ingots? We just put up a big message on the job board that any smiths that are, you know, looking to make a quick coin could uh, pick it up and do it. And since most of the smiths here are either from the merchants and the fighters guild, I'm guessing it's, you know, those two guilds that are getting hammered with this order. I feel bad about it. And you can see he kind of rubs the back of his neck. It's like, I feel bad about it. But, you know, it was either that or the order would have been delayed in the fire islands. Okay. And I think that's all I'm going to have for a question for him. But... As TM Bob, what does Mitrick look like? Mitrick um, is going to go ahead and be. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, you're fine. Uh, Mitrick is going to go ahead and uh, he is a, a dwarf, not a uh, like a Talonarth type dwarf, but he is a hill dwarf, um, one of them that lives on the side of the mountains. Um, and while it's really weird to find a dwarf actually going on a ship back and forth between the two, uh, you can see that he's a little bit more diplomatic than most. He's probably got some sort of other blood somewhere back in his ancestry. Um, so he, he's got he's a little bit taller, a little bit not as widely built uh, dwarf, but uh, he, he's a dork, half dwarf, half orc. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, you can see that he's got some sort of uh, other blood in him somewhere. And he's kind of a emissary kind of a guy so you can see he doesn't actually know a ton about the smithing industry all right so at this point the blue flames for uh cherno are actually starting to get like white tips he's he's got a plan he's got an idea and he's pretty pumped about it awesome so he's gonna go to down the justice guild representative or justice temple representative awesome uh and so the, I'm assuming the temple guard knows what's going on kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, the temple guard would just wave you through. He's kind of got what you're doing. So this is, I'm more or less talking to the judge at this point, yes? Yeah, yeah, you can go ahead and head on in and talk to the justice uh, temple guy that's in charge. Cool. So I'll reiterate exactly what I've learned. That the Fighters Guild commissioned Metric, the provider, a supplier over at the fire aisle to bring a whole bunch of steel. Mitrick is simply the delivery man, but the supplier decided it would be, in order to meet deadlines, it was better for them to send it early and have locals here commit, you know, commission to convert it, and rather than delay it and have it done in the fire island. Fighters Guild found out the sh ship doctor early and paid a little extra to ha because it was early as a sign of good faith. That good faith was then ruined when they found out it isn't the steel they were expecting, 
and the distributor isn't funding them any of the money. And so now the problem is that Steel takes their time and money to forge it. So, I have a couple ideas for the temple, and I'm curious to see what they think. One idea is simple. Continue with the status quo, but at an extra cost, but with the, I guess, belief that the fighter skill can charge extra for this, and they're being paid twice for the same work. So for once, they, can, they get paid through the commissions done by the supplier on the job board to convert the ingots into steel, and then they can go and resell it at a higher rate saying, hey, unlike the rest of the stuff, this was actually, you know, processed here in Port City, driving local business, and they can sell it off as, look at how we're supporting our own city and our own guilds. A little skeevy, I know, but... <laughs> I, I have a really big urge to say make Port City great again, but I don't want to get up. <laughs> Honestly, it's an ongoing discussion here about a different <laughs> natural resource in Alberta. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> I know this talk well. The second one they can do is they, there's nothing they can do. Mitrick has no ability to get the money back, so they can sever ties. That is within their rights, and no one would fault them for it. But the ju Justice Temple, or, yeah, that could force Mitrick into some hard labor, and maybe for the extra days that they were early, force him to help process it. So he may not know much, it may be unskilled labor, but he is a dwarf, and he might not know what the heck he's doing, but I think the Fighters Guild would appreciate effectively a hard time for an issue made. So whichever the Justice Temple would seem more fair to me. Okay, yeah, you can see that he's very much nodding his head, and he does say, that is a very good idea. I, I will take that all into consideration, but I do like the idea of of assuring the Fighters Guild that if they are the ones, and the Merchant Guilds are the ones that are, are forging this steel, that it will be to their specifications and their quality. They don't have to worry about any imperfections in the steel. So I, I do like that idea, and I will take that into uh, consideration and speak with both parties on their behalf. I want to re-emphasize that the Fighters Guild could charge extra because not only are they getting paid by the supplier to process this, they can now add that cost on top of the, the item's cost anyways, and be oh, paid I... twice for the same work. Oh, I agree completely. I think that that is a very good idea, and it might actually speed up the process of them making the finished products, because if they're smelting the ore right there into iron, then they can take that iron straight rather than make it into bars. They can use that that iron straight from wherever they are forging it into the new work that they are doing. That's so it may too. be, yes, it may may benefit both parties in the law. So I will take that into consideration. Thank you very much, Cherno, for your assistance in this matter. Not a problem. All right, and uh, he directs you to one of the uh, clerics up the front, and uh, they they nod very graciously to you to you for your work, and say, oh, you know, be looking, be listening tomorrow. I'm sure you'll you'll hear the verdict uh, pronounced later on. Uh, here here's your two coins, your two gold coins for um, <laughs> yeah, flawless one hundred. Um, so uh, I, yeah, I didn't even make you roll a persuasion check on that because that was just really persuasive talk. Um, <laughs> If, from what you're saying, that makes a lot of sense economically speaking. Um, so, uh, yeah, so uh, you you are paid two gold coins for uh, your assistance with the Fighters Guild, and they tell you to check back in tomorrow to hear what the verdict and what all the parties decide. Sounds good, and that'll take up that day. <laughs> all right, and that was the 22nd, I believe, correct? 
I think so. So I think I'm caught up with the rest of the group now. Basically, yeah. We'll go ahead and since both Seth and Virgil are here, if you guys want to jump in just two seconds, um, I'll do a real quick where all three of you can say hi to each other before um, we go from here. Because this would be when Seth is picking up his blade from Virgil. And then uh, Cherno would be making a deal with Virgil to... Uh, or, I mean, yeah, Cherno would be making uh, the chain thing, I believe it was, with Cherno, correct? I was hoping to get a chain so I couldn't have my book of hacks removed from me. Yeah, so if you guys are here, go ahead and hop on or say hi or something so we know you're there. If not, we'll save it for a different day. Yeah, we're here. Okay, do you, do you want to do a real quick interaction with Cherno on getting a chain on his book? Oh, hi, Seth. Do you want to jump in and say hi to Cherno as uh, you guys kind of pass each other uh, as you pick up your katana? Yeah, sure. All right. So then we'll go ahead, and it's the 21st of planting. Um, you head up towards the Fighters Guild to uh, find a blacksmith that can put a chain on your uh, book of packs so that it cannot be removed from your person. And uh, as you head up towards the Fighters Guild, you see a very familiar face uh, that seems to be having, uh, you know, taking a couple of practice swings and readjusting his grip on this very exquisite looking, single edged, uh, very sharp blade. And it is Arpeggio. I will let Arpeggio talk first, because I, I remember that I didn't always impress him too much in our last encounter. <laughs> yep. Oh, I know about. Quick side note about the uh, Arpeggio's gender, because I'm. Right. Put it back with the original. It. Yeah. So I didn't always impress her that much in our last encounter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Then go ahead, Seth. You see uh, Cherno approaching uh, you as you just are getting the last uh, couple wrappings on your uh, blade adjusted. Uh, I, I look towards Cherno in mid swing and immediately stop. And then I do a respective bow and I take a moment trying to remember his name and I said um Churo right Cherno and so great to see you again um our Peggio or our Peggio that's it right yes the R and the Geo yeah I just offer my hand and give him a firm handshake Cherno winces a little bit at the firmness of the handshake and just says, And what brings you down to the Fighters Guild? Are you a member? Recently, and I'm actually here to celebrate the fact, celebrate that fact, getting myself a new weapon. Well, congratulations, it looks flawless. Indeed. Uh, you have to thank our good friend here, uh, Thorun. Oh, yeah, I guess you wouldn't have been introduced to uh, Thorin. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you kind of look over to uh, who Seth, or who Arpeggio is pointing at, and you see a bronze, or a very uh, a red-bearded, very stout, not stout, I think I said your whipcord muscle. So you see a uh, dwarf standing there. Uh, you can see that he's very competent in what he's doing, and the smithing hammer that you see on the station next to him is definitely magical in nature and, and very very exquisitely crafted and uh, you can tell that the blacksmith takes a great deal of pride in his work as you, when you were kind of looking at the katana you can see that the the small little carving uh, in the little diamond shape between the wrapping the cord wrapping you can see uh 
engraved upon there is the same kind of characterized or same simplified version of the standard, the symbol that is on uh, Arpeggio standard. So you can definitely tell that this dwarf is uh, very good and uh, uh, competent in what he is doing. Would you say that he almost seems unnaturally good at it? I, I would say that he definitely, uh, uh, dwarves are kind of stereotypically speaking, good craftsmen, you know, already. <laughs> but he is definitely head and shoulders above the rest, and that's not a short joke, Virgil. <laughs> All right, I was uh, just seeing, seeing uh, if, like, should I be trying to check out his CR? <laughs> oh, uh, how does CR work with characters? You would tell that he's about as powerful as you are. Um, Speaking uh, and type would be dwarf, <laughs> humanoid dwarf. <laughs> Fair. All right. Um, and I'll, I guess I'll just approach and say, I, hello, Master Dwarf. Greetings. Hi, I have a strange request for you. I have a book that's very dear to me, and I really don't want it separated from my body. And I heard the blacksmiths in the Fighters Guild were quite impressive and know things many don't. I was wondering about getting some sort of attachment. Um, sure. Let me take a look to see what we're working with. And so I guess I'll gingerly pull out the book of packs. <laughs> uh, what does it look like? Just so I can kind of get an idea of what, how big of chain, uh, what's the book made out of so I don't... I'm trying to just figure out a way to actually attach a chain to it. Or is it a chain around it? Mm-hmm. Cough, Bob. I have no idea. This isn't my notes. <laughs> oh, uh, what the book looks like? Yeah. It's however you want it to look. Um, it's uh, So it could be... Well, I just got in my head when Bird was talking about it, that super anime moment or like video game moment when you summon the power of the book and all of a sudden the chains unwrap from the thing and just start flailing around, you know, as this light glows out of the, the book. Um, I got that image in my head. Um but yeah, okay. it could look like however you wanted it to. Since you originally got it from Balagos, it could be kind of a scaled hide. But, oh, no, wait. It was a gift from your father, wasn't it? Uh, yes, it was. Okay, then uh, if you want it to be kind of the dark blue-black color of kind of cavern stone, you know, that has never really seen the light, uh, super dark-looking colored book, uh, gilded edges to it, but rather than in gold, the gilded edges are in silver... Um, all sorts of, uh, the, all the languages that you can speak um, while holding this book are kind of uh, uh, glyphs on the side of it, just kind of ever shifting if you look at them too hard. Um, and I would say that it definitely has some sort of metal clasp or some sort of way to secure it uh, closed. And that would probably run, you know, uh, like two strands, kind of like a, a, a trunk or whatever. Uh, like an old-fashioned steamer-type trunk with, like, two leather bands going down the side and then one band going across the front. You know, something along those lines. So there would be spots to attach it. I'll let you, if you don't like that description, Cherno, it can be whatever you want it to look like. Honestly, I think that's amazing. I was going to say, like, the one weird thing about it is the front doesn't reflect light. Ooh, that's very cool. Very Hades-esque. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that. other than that, and then a blue stone centered the mid in the middle just because I can't get that out of my head. Okay, that's awesome. So that's what it looks like, Virgil. You would be able to, you think, attach some sort of chain or some sort of strap to uh, the bands that run vertically across the book or to where it's clasped closed, probably. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, how fine of a chain are you wanting? Are you wanting something a little thin? Uh, or are you looking for something a little bit thicker? 
probably Finn. Cherno just kind of looks at himself and his below average strength and just kind of like, probably not something too heavy. All right. Uh, let me see what I have and I'll start rummaging through some of my stuff and I find a, uh, I can probably find a pretty thin looking uh, chain. Uh, and then I'd probably, uh, pol- you know, put it to a grind, not a grinder, but like a polisher just, or, you know, take something to it to shine it up a little bit. And then, uh, where are you wanting it attached? Are you wanting it attached to like, uh, to, uh, a waist, like a belt or are you wanting like as a strap? Belt would be good. Okay. Uh, I kind of take a look at how I kind of have like my sword straps, like my util, my sword and like blacksmithing belt and kind of figure, you know, take a look to how that's set up so that it, it's still on the side secured, but you can you can access it easy. Uh, and then I'll take some polished chain and start wrapping around and making little attachments and, uh, you know, the rings on the side so that it can sh- uh, thread through pretty easy. Perfect. And yeah, that's that's exactly what I was looking for. Okay, so then... How much do I owe you, Master Smith? That is a great question. Robert, by how much do you think that's worth? <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. I, I think have the- it's worth all yeah. of the gold. <laughs> exactly, yes. Virgil, Virgil's a little moneymaker here. He's secretly bribing me to have all the characters commission stuff with him so uh, he can have all the monies. Um, I that's think not true. When- Don't believe him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that we've been saying it's like one gold piece to attach it i think is what we've been saying haven't we uh i think it's kind of just varied depending on what it's attached to like a battle axe would be a little bit thicker so probably a little bit more if it's a book i'd say no more than a gold maybe you know five silver between five silver and a gold i would think for a little piece of polished chain fair enough yeah we'll probably go with a gold piece because you wouldn't have that metal uh, oh, are you going to take it out of what you currently have? Um, your iron, or would you use some guild-provided metal that isn't iron to be shinier? Uh, it would have to be guild-supplied. I was just kind of looking to see what I had laying around, because I had to use—I used all of my uh, iron, all I had for uh, arpeggios, uh, sword, and helm. So, yeah. So we'll say two gold from my cost and plus one gold to Virgil? Yep. Okay. All right. So then... Um, Virgil, then this would go ahead and take you into the 22nd of planting. Uh, And this is a small enough commission that I'll just say, you know, you could probably turn it out tonight and then uh, Cherno would come back tomorrow and uh, pick it up. Sounds good. All right, then. So then the 22nd of planting, you pick it up on your way to the court or on your way back from the courtroom uh, before you try to go find somebody for the Raven Queen. Which would you prefer? Uh, I'll try and find someone for the Raven Queen. Or I can't without the book. So the book would be my first priority. Okay, and actually, I forgot. Do you, do you want to say goodbye to uh, Seth or, uh, or uh, say goodbye to Arpeggio or anything? I totally forgot to let you guys finish that off if you wanted to. Uh, I guess yeah. Turner would have been completely distracted because this book is kind of his life right now. Okay, uh, that's where I think during the conversation, Arpeggio would just just pay Thorin what uh, what she owes him and silently just walk away. Okay. Yeah, just because I'm like, knowing Cherno, this book is everything right now. Yeah, and, and seeing that he's very, you know, into the conversation, he, the Arpeggio doesn't want to uh, interrupt it, so. So, fair enough. I'm sure Cherno will catch up with Arpeggio soon. 
<laughs> okay. So then uh, you pick up the chain after uh, doing the job temple. You pick up the chain from Thorun and then uh, head to the Raven Queen's temple, or head to wherever you're going to go to try and uh, coerce somebody into becoming a warlock, correct? Yeah. Alright. For her, I'd probably go... You said there was like a feyish area, like the Elf District or something like that? Yeah, the Elven District would be a very uh, fey-heavy elf place. I think that's probably where he'd start. Would that be a sparsely populated area? We'll go ahead. It would kind of be in between. It's the least populated of the districts, um, short of like the government or whatever, as far as like actual population. But there's still a fair number there. So I'll go ahead and say uh, a roll of one through 50. No one is found. And then we'll just go ahead and start with 51 being DC 15. All right. Let's see. 78. 78. So then there is definitely one interested person. Uh, and since the Raven Queen is kind of the, uh, you know, the uh, Shadar Kai are kind of their, you know, the big person or in charge of that population, uh, we're going to go ahead and say that you find one of these um, Shadar Kai, the Shadowfell elves, basically, uh, within the Elven district in that camp. Uh, right on the outside of the gates uh, where a lot of the transient type people that are just visiting but don't want to deal with the city hustle and bustle stay. Alright. This was the same day I worked with Bob, right? Or difference? No, this would be right after you got done at the house. So then I I have a use of my misty step again, don't I? (laughs) You would, yes, unless you did it in the temple. (laughs) So then, once again... This time, not quite as over the top, but I think if I saw the person, whoever this was, would be this elf, I would just kind of appear out of smoke near them, close enough that it's not, like, it would be quite obvious what I did. Okay. Then let me go ahead and get some details for this person. So you see that they are a... Uh, they are a middle-aged-ish looking elf, so, you know, definitely adult-looking as opposed to the eternally youthful super young elves. Um, so definitely a a middle-aged-ish Shadarkai female, uh, who is wielding their very infamous spiked whips, but she also seems to have a companion with her. Uh, it appears to be a kind of not, I don't want to say like a hellhound, but a, or like a, a uh, you know, a black, totally werewolfy type dog, but a shaggy maned looking dog of some variety. So you think she was probably in her younger days an accomplished ranger or a scout, uh, something along those lines. But um, she's definitely older than a lot of the other adventuring elves out there. And you can see that she is sitting around a fire uh, in this camp type area, kind of by herself. Uh, while there's other elves chatting nearby, she kind of is keeping a deliberate distance from them. Alright, so yeah, I do my shadow step in there, or I call it a shadow step, but it's a misty step, and I'm just double checking. Nope, I don't have a, something to diminish a flame. <laughs> so, I <laughs> need to know, right? So, yeah. I just come, and I'll bow very respectfully for someone who's lived through so much. Okay, she sees you approach and bow, and uh, she kind of nods her head to you and uh, points to one of the 
logs or whatever that they would have around the fire, kind of ushering you to take a seat. And she says, Hello, Flaming One. My name is Savina. Uh, well, you can call me Savina. I understand that sometimes other uh, races have a hard time pronouncing our longer names. Uh, how, what can I assist you with uh, in this this evening? It's rare to see one not of elven birth in this district. I'm... I come on behalf of a great deity. I'm. She is looking to expand her numbers with those who are worthy and trust, trustworthy, I guess. I had a feeling that my queen would be calling me sometime soon. I have traveled quite far from the realm of the Shadowfell from whence I first came, and I, I'm growing weary of this land of bright sunshine and... and dancing loud so loud youngsters it's it's getting to be more than what i i want to deal with i yearn for the quiet forests of my home and for the the fog and the the overcast guys uh, i i had a feeling she would be calling me soon and call you she does would you be willing to spend an hour to commune with her I understand that she does have a temple within town, but I do not want to go through the hustle and bustle of trying to find my way there. I will commune with you here for an hour. I can't stand there singing any longer. Uh, so <laughs> let us get this over with, and I shall return to the temple then in the morning. And so I guess I would create the... start the ritual? Which, yep, yep. Stone of Truth, and call up the entity in her many forms, I guess? <laughs> yes, you would be able to, as you begin to channel that that spirit having facilitated that communication you see a raven flies down from from somewhere from the inner city you're guessing somewhere in the temple district and kind of lands down in front and you can see that they're having some sort of conversation and a lot of the weariness that you saw in her expression starts to slough off starts to fade off she cracks a, a smile but not a full smile you know it's more of one reminiscing you know thinking about their home when they're far away from it um, so you can see that she's, you know, taking to heart what is being said. And after about an hour or so passes, uh, she kind of blinks a little bit and the raven flies off and she says, Well, I suppose then that's that. Uh, I thank you for being the messenger of my queen. It's, it's, a, it's a blessing not having to fight my way through all of the streets. And my younger days, I just sort of swung this whip around and my reputation alone would have been enough to clear the streets. But... I grow weary of that uh, now, and I, I yearn for hope. So I thank you, uh, Flaming One. Did you introduce yourself? Nope. <laughs> I thank you, Flaming One, for for uh, coming and visiting me here. Uh, if you are ever in the Shadowfell, come find me. I'm sure our paths will cross again. Thank you. And the name again was? S uh, Savina is what you can call me. It's what I go by. S-A-V-I-N-A. Perfect. And then um, she would kind of walk towards her tent, leaving you uh, to your business then. That's perfect. And that would finish up my day, I think. All right. Um, then you or, head back or, to the guess, temple. Oh, yeah, uh -huh. I, I, that was in the night or the morning? That would have been at night, you said, after perfect. you got done yep. with the... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then would you head back to the temple or are you going to go to the show? Um, I was going to follow up with the... Uh, Justice Temple to find out what happened with that whole steel. Oh, yeah. Uh, so then that next morning, because uh, this would still be yeah. the same morning, uh, same yeah. day that you... Okay. Uh, you go back that, uh, that evening 
to uh, figure out what all had happened, and they say, well, it sounds like the parties are interested in, you know, keeping relations as as close as they can. You know, they don't want to don't want to you know cut a good business deal. So they're going to go ahead, and it sounds like that the merchant guild is going to provide extra labor that the the shipper that uh, Mitrick will pay. And they'll go ahead and get it forged and call it even at this point. So the uh, so the fighters guild will go ahead and forge the steel for free uh, with the extra help of the merchant smiths that will be paid for for the assistance. So it sounds like that everything will be going well there. Excellent. And then uh, so this is the morning of the twenty fourth, twenty third. Yep. So then, if that's everybody else taken care of then I would be going to go and report the different cases and the outcome for the one to the Shadows Guild. Oh, awesome. Good. I was hoping you'd go there. So you um, go to the Shadows Guild because I've been wanting to hook in there. Uh, So you go to the Shadows Guild and uh, you report everything that's happened and they are very, very thankful for all of the um, information that you have been giving them. And uh, because you kind of dumped a whole bunch of information on them all you're going to get two points within the uh, Shadows Guild that you can now use for all of their heinous things. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what the points for the Shadows Guild can be spent on right now. Uh, you gain those two favorite points that you can cash in or save to rank up later. Perfect. Uh, while you're there, they say, Hey, uh, we've been hearing that a certain individual escaped the Shadowed Cleft and is currently here kind of running amok within the town. We uh, know that you got that... Uh, chain forged with a local blacksmith at the Fighters Guild named Thorin. Uh, he's a guy to watch out for. Uh, but we hear that he's kind of buddied up with this small gnome named Danderbin. And he he's a really old gnome. It looks like, looks like a good stiff breeze will knock him over. Um, but it sounds like uh, this individual kind of uh, pissed off the guild leader. And while the guild leader said that there wouldn't be any repercussions, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's how it's always going to stay. So if you're you're looking to earn some points, you know, with us here and to uh, help further the cause, you know, later on, keep a real close eye on him. I know they jumped through the portal uh, today, uh, just a little bit ago, and are going to some sort of strange occurrence that's been happening. Uh, some weird cavern that keeps opening up, but I hear he's going to be returning tomorrow sometime, or later on this afternoon, and tomorrow will likely be out again. So if you get a chance to, to you know, get close with him, we could use an inside man to find out what's going on there. I think I can make friends, and I'll just kind of give a wink and a thumbs up with a little bit of flame coming out of it. Okay, that's awesome. Hey, he goes, yeah, I, I was hoping you'd say that. You know, we were getting a little bit worse there. You've been you've been doing a lot of a lot of good things, you know, helping out those justice guys. And you know, it, it's always good to make sure you know which side of the, you know, you know who's signing your paycheck at the end of the day. I I know where the dirt is, and the dirt is wherever gripes. And who has more gripes than the Justice Guild? It's good, good to know that. So you just you keep an eye on that guy, and we'll we'll get things squared away here. It would be a great favor to us. Uh, and I guess 
I'll also kind of probe for more information because I don't know anything about Danderbin, including where he sleeps at night. <laughs> All right, you would find out that he is a member of the Merchant's Guild and uh, frequently stays there. You know that he has a list of associates that he has been staying with, a very tall individual, human-ish, they're not sure, human something, um, named Kleinenstern. Uh, no last name. Also, he's a member of the Mages Guild. Very tall individual. Lots of power and magic in that one. And then the strange scout that they were actually looking at recruiting for some of their stealth work uh, named Fimdir. Uh, but she doesn't seem to be too big on affiliations uh, from the Tangle and Elf. And then Thorun the Blacksmith you know about. Uh, Oris, they just teamed up. Uh, this morning with this this individual named Aura. Uh, rumor is that she's a psionic, which is an extremely rare and kind of scary occurrence. Uh, and then also this other gnome that wears this very fashionable fedora. Um, <laughs> this this archaeologist by the name of Barnaby. Rumor has it that he got, not rumor has it, but he's one to kind of watch out if you're ever in a dungeon with. I hear that he got a bunch of his students killed and... Uh, He's still living the life there within the 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 museum, the archaeology dig. So you know, who knows what happened there? Okay, perfect. Uh, so I guess I'll. Should I be working with anyone at the Merchants Guild? You know, anyone placed the Merchants Guild for this, or? Uh, they say we right now. Danderbin's got this really strange habit. See, there's another gnome that has almost the exact same description that goes by the very upstanding name of Cornelius Schmackeroo. And we've got our, our our ideas that they might be in cahoots together. And this Cornelius Schmackeroo has been giving out coin to all sorts of people that really don't deserve it. So, you know, just keep an eye on this Cornelius. If, if if Danderbin is is embezzling money within the, the Merchant's Guild, it's something that we're going to want to know right away, because how else would they come up with this much coin? We don't have a contact to wa- to look for right now, but definitely, you know, Danderbin would be the main to, to kind of get close to. All right, I'll see what I can do and see if uh, I can win him over to our side. All right. Uh, so then that would, we'll go ahead and say that that would take the better part of the morning. So it would be probably the afternoon of the 23rd at this point. Um, you would have uh, heard about a very large, cursed, uh, barbarian-looking Goliath uh, that has this strange red pulsing stone uh, coming out of the Mage's Guild and coming, you know, it caused a little bit of a stir um, because he's, you know, a cursed, terrible artifact of all sorts of crazy evil or something along those lines. And then you would have heard that uh, another gnome uh, had come in via a portal uh, into Port City with a giant mechanical creature behind him, a giant Warforged-type servant. Um, and that was really weird that they came through a fey portal. And a- another dwarf from the fam- fabled city of Tullinarth uh, is looking for one of his uh, nephews. Uh, his name is uh, Thrun, and he's a very righteous paladin-y type, um, and just arrived within Port City as well. So those would have been some of the rumors that you heard just kind of walking through the city. Well, I think the Goliath would interest me because it sounds a lot like Warlock's power. All right, so um, you would know that he went into the Mages Guild and has been doing quite a bit of work uh, within that place. So would you head over to the Mages Guild? See if you can get an eye on this cursed uh, uh, magic stone. 
Is it possible to wander past the Merchant's Guild on my way? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Merchant's Guild would be to the kind of... Uh, the Mage's Guild is on one half of the road. The Merchant's Guild is on the other half. So you can just kind of worm through to first hit the Merchant's Guild and then head over to the Mage's. I... Can you paint this picture for me a little bit more detailed? Yeah, let me go ahead and send you the map. Okay. So then the Mage's Guild would be those two long buildings right below the Temple Guild and the Mage's Guild District. And then the... Or that would be the Merchant's Guild, those two long buildings. And then the Mage's Guild itself would be that central big cluster. And what's that building in between? That is where uh, the jobs board is and uh, the kind of the meeting place uh, where you guys were inducted and all that with the portal shard type thing in the other Okay. Episodes. So then, yeah, from the temp... <laughs> Here, the Shadow Guild isn't on this map. Um... Yeah, Shadow Guild is in the underground. There are axes into the Shadows Guild here, but they are just hard <laughs> Uh, I'm going to come up somewhere probably closer to the Fighters Guild and just kind of walk along, get a feel for the Merchants Guild area, like their district. Yeah, the Merchants Guild is absolutely a bustle with every kind of business and stall and stand and merchant and anything you can imagine you can find there. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous how much stuff they have stuffed into this location. You name it, it's there. Alright, and then I'm going to take as much notes on that as I can, try and figure out good places to run into this dander bin, and move my way towards the Mage's Guild to get a better eye on up-and-coming giant of a warlock. Yeah, you would know that Danderbin keeps his Steeder, which is a very rare, horrifying creature to find uh, in Port City. But you would know that he has a Steeder in the stables that he regularly checks up on and talks with. So that would be a good place to run into him at. And he's kept within the Merchant Guild stables. Perfect. And those are not from the Fire Isle, I take it. No, they would be from the Underdark. They're giant. Think of a cross between a spider and uh, like a, like a horse-sized spider. Basically, is kind of what a steeder is. They're terrible, scary-looking creatures. I'll put a picture up. I I, I actually know. I was paying attention. Oh, gotcha. It's just for recap. Um, gotcha. Good idea. Thank you. Segway no into the audience. Partially, and I'm making notes about what Cherno knows about Danderbin. Yeah. So. I guess I'll make a note of that to see if I can kindly infer about this crazy creature and I'm happy to make any rules you need me to make. Just be like, I'm interested. What does it eat? Like, how can you meet one? Yeah, go and ahead. Oh, go ahead and give me a nature check then. Sure. I'm more or less just asking around the merchants area so that there's like people know someone's asking about it. Gotcha. Yeah, you would know then that a steeder is a giant spider, so it would eat all the typical things that spiders eat, but much larger in scale. So, uh, yeah, if it gets anything bigger than, or if it gets anything from, you know, a mouse all the way up to the size of a, a medium to large sized dog, it's happy to eat it. Meat mostly. Okay. I'm also trying to put make it so that someone might tell um, Danderbin that someone was interested. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you so, would definitely cause a stir within the stables that somebody's actually approaching halfway close to this this disgusting beast that they're so terrified of. All right, then I'm going to, and not anonymously, but I'm going to have some... I'm trying to think of an animal I don't like enough that I would send it to be fed to that creature. <laughs> like, not a goat. Goats are so cute. <laughs> yeah, we'll do, we'll do a goat. <laughs> Okay, uh, and you know that a lot of times that they would be, you know, the animals, the, the carnivorous animals 
that are within the stables and stuff would be fed animals that have just passed of old age, you know, rather than disease from the outside farms and that kind of stuff. You know, like milk goats, you know, the meat isn't any good. So one of the milk goats from one of the farms nearby would have passed. So then they would have sold the the goat to the the stables. So that's how much would that cost? Uh, that would cost you, we'll go ahead and go with two silver pieces to have that shipped over there. Perfect. I'll do that. Just to build an introduction kind of thing. And then I'm going to go hang out around the job board and see if I can get an eyes on this core. Okay. Core, we're going to go ahead and say we're creating a tiny paradox here, and if you want to jump in, you can. Uh, you would have taken a small break um, from all of your magical training from within the, the uh, Mage's Guild for a little bit. Uh, you know, needing to clear your head, and uh, you would have stepped out of the Mages Guild uh, at one point and uh, kind of walked out those doors and towards where this giant job board is. Because while there's people, you know, there, it's mostly people walking up to the board, grabbing something, and leaving. There isn't a whole lot of cluster around there. It's a pretty quick paced moving thing. And you see all sorts of different individuals there, including some that are very large in stature, almost Goliath like. Um, well, Cora's going to have the same sort of social anxiety that he has in large crowds, and he looks to his left down a dark alley and sees, uh, next to a trash bin, a group of small kittens playing in the alleyway. And so rather than go through all the people, he starts to turn and walk towards the kittens. He pulls out a, um, a, um, straw mouse that he had fashioned earlier in the day, throws it down the alleyway and walks towards the kittens. Okay. Sorry, Cherno just posted, my poor heart, Cora is so pure. I know, he is. I'm like, where the hell is he going with this? And I'm like, oh, oh this is a tender, sweet moment. Oh. I'm like, I can't bring Cherno to this. He'd, he'd rather just play with kittens than walk into a massive crowd of people. Okay, so you I see mean, that... I mean, I can't blame him. <laughs> no, me neither. I would definitely do that. Um, so you see that um, this Goliath had just stepped out of the Mage's Guild, and uh, he seemed to be, you know, sweating a little bit, definitely nervous, definitely something had happened. And uh, he had clutched his hand before he quickly put it away, a glowing red stone. And you see him duck down a dark alley right by the Mage's Guild. Uh, I don't have anything I can do to entertain. Well, I'll just pull out, I guess, a leather strap and kind of head down that way, just kind of intrigued by this guy who would go see kittens instead of what you would expect to be the job board. Uh, but I'm not going to get too close because, again, he is a goliath of a person. But um, And... <laughs> okay, makes sense. <laughs> Don't, again, I have a very tiny AC and a very low strength score. Turno's not going to be in any way intimidating or try and cause any fret. I'm just going to watch from the distance. Okay, you see that, uh, well, I guess, uh, what would you be doing then? Uh, playing with the kittens for a while, and uh, then what would you do from that? Yeah, he, like, finds a stick on the ground, pulls out a bit of string, ties the mouse to the bit of string, and starts you know, pulling the mouse along the cobblestone ground or what is it like? Uh, yeah, cobblestone, yeah. dirt, whatever it is, you know, and, you know, all the kittens come and like start climbing all over core. And at one point he's got like 10 kittens just 
climbing all over him and he's just sitting there yeah and you are definitely <laughs> like, an expert cat toy maker after made shard you know you you've got this down to a science you know it's it's amazing <laughs> so then yeah you're seeing all this happen Cherno. what would you like to um Cherno never <laughs> never want to pass up an opportunity to make another friend so Turtle's gonna pull out a couple of quills with a feather on the back and just kind of offer them to Core and be like, "Quite the kitten whisperer you are." What are you? I'm a fire genasi. Do the flames not speak for themselves? <gasps> Core, you probably being a, a hill goliath uh, would probably have had interaction with uh, earth genasi before, so you would get the elemental part, but you probably wouldn't have seen a fire one. You are. A man wreathed in flame. I I am. I've but. seen men wreathed in earth, but never a man wreathed in flame. You mean like a dwarf? <laughs> That's racist, Cherno. That is racist. I I think yes. they call them uh, Earth Genasi. You look ah. similar, but not quite the same. I am much like them, just a little uh, hotter, you could say. Core's still kind of Core's kind of sulking right now. Um, he had tried to make another toy for his dear friend Mage Shard, and it uh, didn't quite go over as well as he had planned. <laughs> so Core left the Mage's Guild um, in search of a breath of fresh air, only to find all the people. But then he found the kittens, and you know what better therapy is there than playing with kittens <laughs> amen <laughs> playing with puppies dang it um, <laughs> sorry I, I have my alliances are well tethered um that's that lawful aspect wait no that isn't right no that's the velocity puppies um <laughs> as a sign of good faith i'll say i have a gift for you and you can pass it on if you'd wish but i'm fairly new in town and looking for stronger friends than I and I was wondering if this could possibly be of use of you to you and I'll pass him a defense contract which more or less the quick easy one is it either gives the target or gives you anyone that's trying to attack you get one person gets a minus two to hit on attacks or they sign it and they lose in a single round of their I guess combat core uh, reaches up and takes the contract and stares at it, like squinting really hard at it, and looks back up at Cherno and says, Ugh, what does it say? <laughs> oh, uh, Cherno probably would start a little bit too, just like not even expecting someone can't read. It's in far too many words. It says that if someone goes to attack you, they have to either choose to say they acknowledge that it's going to hurt them to do so, or they can try and ignore it, and it makes it very hard to see you with a paper flapping in their face. Uh, well, well, I, I guess I, I might just, you know, I'll, I'll, I could test that out. And he just takes the paper and waves it really fast in front of your face. <laughs> and a guy just takes a step back and like, it works. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, this is great. You know, I. I'm new in town myself, and you know I've I've only I've only met a few people. I you know the the man in the guild that helped me with the training chamber, and then of course my well I guess former friend Mage Shard. 
I'm not from here. I've come a long. I've come a long way. I, I you know, I, I, I could use a friend. Well then, friend, what do you say to a meal to cement to cement this friendship? Just for pure reference, how tall are you? Uh, like six foot five or something. Not short. Okay. Let me double check. I actually wrote that down. Yeah, I think he's like just just over six feet. All right. So then, what would you guys do? For- there with um, having talked and whatnot, because uh, core you wouldn't have a ton of time. You would have, you know, maybe a half an hour or so max, probably, um, to uh, interact before you'd have to go back in, so you can do your whole hyperbolic time chamber thing. I think, um, I think, at the offer of a meal and you know, actually interacting with somebody friendly for a change, he'll look up at Cherno and nod his head. He kind of takes the uh, parchment in his hand, not fully realizing what it is, and just kind of crumples it and put it, puts it in his pocket and stands up the full seven foot eight inches. <laughs> He's so big. <laughs> he starts standing up and keeps standing up and keeps standing up and keeps standing up. <laughs> I mean, I've stood in front of an ancient red dragon at the <laughs> Turno definitely is taken back and takes his couple steps back just so he can kind of maintain a sense of eye level with you. <laughs> Core takes his right hand, begins to like reach out to put it on your shoulder, and then stops for a second and looks at his hand and looks at you, the man wreathed in flame, and is like, You're not, that's it, not gonna hurt, right? And I'll say, I'll just laugh and no, and just as soon as the two almost not there. It's just kind of wispy smoke at that point. Okay. And poor like, kind of like widens his eyes for a second and laughs and just like slaps you on the back and says, ha ha. Yes. All right. And Rhino, the second his skin makes contact with yours, you get a flash in your head and you sense some sort of major demonic hoodoo stored within core. And it's almost enough that, you know, when he slaps you on the back hard, you know, normally you'd stagger forward a foot, you know, catch your balance. This was almost enough that it took you clear to the ground simply with this impact of of some sort of power. And it's like the kind of power that you get when you start commuting with your book. Alrighty then. Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, 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 I don't know my own strength sometimes. Uh, let, let, let me help you up. And I'll... Yeah, no, trying to be curious as all could be. So he'll be like, thank you. Sorry. I, I'm a little bit flimsier than I look. And grab his arm part mo- mostly to try and get a feel for if I can feel that again. After that first contact, you definitely feel the power there, but you didn't get, you know, hit with it like you did when that first contact was made. So, uh, so uh, I'll just take the hand and yeah, get up and just be like... Some some sort of power about you. Is that the Goliath? Uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's um, the the tribe I'm from. Yeah, it, yeah. I like to think that that's exactly what you said. <laughs> like no <laughs> no filters. Those are the. <laughs> Would that be a deception insight check? Just <laughs> <laughs> don't roll in that one. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'll roll deception. That is... Here, I'll just post it in the chat. Oh, you're kidding me. No. 
it's a 19 and I'm proficient oh in deception. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, I, I'm I, proficient as well, but that brings mine up to a whole. Oh my goodness. Okay, so you're like, you think he's just a little bit nervous, you know, with words. He's not used to, you know, interacting with all these people. He's clearly nervous. So, you know, he just, it's probably something to do with some sort of strange tribal rituals or rites. You know, you're not 100% sure. But the fact that your book responded is a little bit odd. Yeah. I know that it's not totally true, but I don't know if that power that knocked me over was the patron or just him. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry, just making a note of this. Yeah, go for it. Makes it easier in future games. All right. And you would not have found out. This would be before you went into that training thing, so you wouldn't quite know what it is yet, Will. Okay. So... I'll just be like, so where's the best place to grab some grub? Uh, well, um, to be honest, the only place I've really been to is the Mages Guild. They have decent food, but, you know, it's not like back in the hills. You give me an open flame and a chicken or two, and I can I can make something really special. Well, I'm an but open the... flame, and I think we can find a chicken in the Merchant Guild. Oh, damn it. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> How could I not? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, so I'll, in that quick time, I imagine we could grab, get into the Merchant's Guild to, or like Merchant's District to grab a couple of chickens. Yeah, you'd be able to just, you know, two foots across the stair, across the uh, road, and you would see a stall that a grocer has, you know, and so you'd be able to get something and cook it up, not a problem. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I've got produced flame if I need it, but I am also flame yeah all right well then you guys would share that meal together and uh probably exchange contact information in some variety uh core you wouldn't know where you were staying yet but you know you would you know tell him your name i'm assuming uh and uh set up some sort of way that you guys could contact each other correct yes all right i would probably just leave some pre-addressed letters or something <laughs> i don't think core can write either kenny not really <laughs> no, but it should be enough for him to do a summons. That I mean, works. I'll be saying at the Mages Guild, obviously, I don't know that now, but I'll be, there's a lot of smart people at the Mages yeah, Guild. Exactly. Alright, well then at that point, uh, Mage Shard would come out, uh, see you uh, conversing there with Cherno, and kind of wave you into the guild with a friendly wave to you, Cherno. Uh, tr- kind of re-summon Core back into the building. Uh, 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 new friend Cherno, I, I I must go. Is the cat man that I recently made upset, and I don't want to make him any more upset. I appreciate that. Maybe he'll have better use for that paper I gave you. Uh, well, might be a better uh, gift. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe he could even read it to me. I would see if he can. Yeah, well, I I will. I will see if he can. T- until the next time, good core. Yes, my friend. Uh, keep in touch. Um, don't send me a letter. Just send somebody to get me. <laughs> Until the next time we roast chicken together. And then Cherno will just kind of battle. That's great. Okay, bye. See ya. <laughs> Super Thank awkward. You. Goodbye. Yeah. Thank you much, Will. <laughs> I have expected you to use your misty step to like disappear completely out of you. <laughs> I don't want to scare him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, thank you very much, Will, for jumping in. Yeah, no problem. All oh, right. Yeah, that was great. So 
So, all right, then you uh, have about the day left, because that would have been fairly early uh, in the morning. So you would still have three quarters, half the day left. Um, I guess back to court. All right, you head back to court. Which one do you want to take on, the slaver ship or the assassination? At the end of today, you will lose whichever one you have not Am I able to make an insight on which one might be more valuable to the Shadows Guild? Yeah, go for it. Uh, just roll insight, I guess. On yeah. both, or just once? Or... Go ahead and just roll once. Alright, come on. Ah, curse this physical die. Uh, that is a whole whopping eight. Eight. Well, the fact that the Shadows Guild is involved in a lot of things on the less-than-lawful side, uh, having contacts with slavers is always, you know, kind of decent to have. Uh, they're terrible, terrible people, but they do know a lot of you know, ways around the law and know a lot of things about different peoples and cultures and, and good pickup spots and raiding spots, especially since this case they uh, they got a bunch of citizens that they're trying to sell as slaves. Um, they're probably on the even less lawful side than normal. The, the red dragonborn that was under the employ of Balagos, it seems, uh, that assassinated a servant of the white dragon from the frozen cap probably has a closer personal connection to you. You're not exactly sure how the Shadows Guild would super benefit from that, but if there's assassinations running uh, in the city that aren't authorized by the Shadows Guild, it's definitely something to take. I'll do the assassination one then. Seems more interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, you go to do the assassination one, and the justice cleric um, that you talk to says, uh, this is going to be a sketchy one. Uh, you know, this is not something to toy with. Are you sure this is the one you want to take on? This, this guy's a, a killer, an assassin, an assassin that assassinated a servant of the White Dragon. I mean, this is no, this is no putz. He's he's a powerful. I'm. I assure you, I'm from the not so nice parts of the Fire Isles. This isn't news to me. Well, as long as you can keep a neutral and level head with this, and you know, since you're from the Fire Fire Isle, I understand. You know, you might have some mixed feelings here, but you know, it may help you get some details out of him that we weren't. Able because he is from the Fire Islands as well. I, I assure you, as a member of the temples, the Temple Guild, I will keep a neutral and lawful approach. Okay, so he lets you in, and standing before you is a of a dragon, uh, as big uh, as your Goliath friend uh, in height and in uh, muscle mass. Uh, very, very strong-looking dragonborn. Uh, and he is obviously uh, divested of weapons, um, but you can tell that he's got that kind of brute strength that is made for just hitting something very, very hard. It's either smashed into tiny pieces or is in several finely cut pieces. Um, and he sees you and recognizes a kinship there. Um, not that you can automatically, not that he can automatically tell you're from the Fire Islands, but, you know, Fire Genasi would be more common there uh, than elsewhere. So he would feel a bit of a kinship. And he would kind of gruffly snort out, So, are you the one that's here to help me? And in Draconian, I'll respond, yes. Alright, then in Draconian, he would reply back, It doesn't do a whole lot of good to speak in this language. They hear everything we say anyway. And I guess I'll switch back to common. I understand, <laughs> but it was a sign more of good faith. I understand that entirely. I sense something of, of our master on you. Alright. So I wouldn't have the tattoo of Valgos on me right now. Oh, that's right. You would have uh, Raven Queen. No, never yes. mind. He doesn't say that then. So, so what What can you do for me, Fire Genasi? 
It all depends on what actually happened. Alright, he would uh, kind of gruff and say, you know, take a seat, this is going to take a while. And then he breaks into the story about how the red dragonborn, the, the Balagos, had sent him uh, in good faith to represent the Fire Islands uh, while he was here within the city and to extradite a member of the uh, White Dragon's uh, uh, entourage that has been, you know, spreading, not, I don't want to say bad rumors because that's not quite, you know, which has been slandering uh, Balagos and his entourage, you know, cut it, you know, undercutting him in financial deals has been, um, you know, harassing uh, people using his name, you know, that kind of thing, misrepresenting him, that kind of a thing. And so that's why the Red Dragonborn was here, was to was to take this criminal from Port City and bring him to the Fire Islands for judgment. Um, but upon trying to remove this individual from Port City, uh, a member of the White Dragon, bore, or the White Dragon's party, tried to rescue him and keep him from justice in the Fire Temple. Because you know, if you're with the White Dragon and you're headed to the Fire Islands to serve a sentence that the Red Dragon hands out, chances are you're going to die. So they tried to rescue him and get him out. And in doing so, the uh, criminal got away along with the other members of the rescue party, but not before. Uh, this red dragonborn was able to uh, behead the assassin that uh, first attacked him. So he killed the one who tried to assassin. Yes, he killed, killed one in the party uh, while he was attempting to take the uh, the criminal wanted in the Fire Islands from Port City. So there was gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and say that there's a group of four of them. Uh, so three of them and the criminal got away while the red dragonborn fought this uh, assassin and uh, uh, was killed. So he's claiming basically self-defense. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, say that the name of the criminal, Bromorth the Firestarter. So B-R-O-M-O-R-T-H, the Firestarter is what he goes okay. by. All right. And the person accusing him is... We're going to go with um, Zudis. X-U-D-I-S. Uh, Zudis. Alright. And Zudis is from the White Dragon? Yes. He would be kind of the emissary here from the Frozen Cap. Alright. I guess I'll go talk to Zudis next. Alright. You approach uh, where he is kind of set up at. Um, he's not actually under arrest, but he's within the temple hearing that somebody was going to be around. And uh, you approach him and he is... We're going to go ahead and just stay with the Dragonborn theme. Uh, he is a white Dragonborn. Um, and he kind of doesn't... He doesn't take offense at the fact that you're a fire genasi, but you can definitely tell that there's a little bit of prejudice there against the flames. Um, and he says... So I assume that you are the one that is representing that murderer. I'm not representing anyone. I'm just here to hear both sides and try and come up with, assist the Justice Temple with coming up with a fair sentence and fair price for all. The only sentence that would be fair is one that ends up with his head sent back to my lord. And why is that the case when someone came for... We know nothing of that. What do you know? Uh, go ahead and if you want, roll an insight check. Yeah, sure. We're gonna do the app because it's been bad. <laughs> Twenty-one. Oh wow! 
you can tell he knows a little bit. He probably doesn't know the full story because you don't tell you don't tell your boss everything. But um, he probably knows. He can imply what's going on if he doesn't actually know the facts of it. Uh, so then, what did you ask him after that? Um. So what do you know? All I know is that that murderer was here to take an innocent man back to the Fire Islands for judgment, and we all know what's going to happen to a, a member of the White Dragon's party if he is taken to the Red Dragon's territory. It will end in his death. There's no no justice up there. So there was no, we had no option. I had to do what I could to to stop this criminal from from being from taking him uh, unjustly. And I, I may have spoken to some of my allies to make sure that he wasn't tried to be, you know, spirited away so that he wasn't taken under the, the protection of darkness and uh, runs away like a coward, uh, like the red dragonborn typically are. So he's basically claiming that uh, once you get all the details out, that um, the red dragonborn, he was afraid that the red dragonborn, uh, Bromorth, was going to... Uh, attempt to take. I'm gonna go ahead and name this uh, this criminal that is accused of slander because I'm getting tired of just saying the criminal. So we're gonna go with Ain is his name A I N Ain. Uh, so Bromorth, uh, he's saying that Bromorth uh, was going to try to illegally get Ain out of the city by any means possible uh, without any kind of due process, and so. Zudis sent some of his allies to keep an eye on Ain to make sure that uh, nothing happened to him and he wasn't spirited away in the, in the over the end of the cover of darkness. Um, and somehow a fight broke out, uh, and that's the end of it. He doesn't know any of these otherwise. But he didn't send the assassins after him. The assassins, quote unquote, uh, were there to just keep an eye on Ain to make sure Ain didn't disappear. Okay. Honestly, the way he talks, it sounds like he was one of Um... Yeah, for a white dragonborn, he's very hot. <laughs> very fiery temper. <laughs> I see that. So, given Cherno's backstory, he's not really comfortable around dragonborn that are prismatic at all. So both of these are kind of under his skin, and he doesn't care to see... He's not too concerned with what happened to either of them, to be honest. Um... Would you talk to any of the Justice Guild guys to get any more details? Yeah, probably. See how this all came to be. Okay. You talked to the Justice Born, uh, or the, to Justice Born. Justice Born. Born. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the noblest of the Dragonborn. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, you talk to one of the Justice Clerics, and uh, they give you just the straight facts. So the straight facts are uh, somewhere in the Cauldron District, um, or not somewhere, let me go ahead and place it. So within the Cauldron District, uh, we're going to go ahead and say that it was by the... Uh, we're going to go ahead and say it was right by the West Gate. So as you like going towards the Elven District, right by that gate uh, in an alley off to the side, uh, the body of Ain was found. Uh, Ain's body was crushed uh, very viciously with a large bludgeoning object that was later identified as Bro uh, Bromorth's hammer, um, big war hammer. And it looked like there was uh, multiple other individuals that were in that area that ran off and disappeared within the cauldron itself. Ain has not been seen since the incident happened. Um, Ain or Ain's body? Oh, not yeah. Ain was the one that was killed. So, um, or no, Ain was the criminal. So, ain't not Ain's body. Uh, 
Ain would have disappeared. Um, and uh, the assassin was found uh, crushed to death by Bromorth's hammer. Uh, and Ain has not been seen since. Uh, the other parties are, are unidentified uh, because of the footprints. They couldn't follow them. The cauldron is a very densely packed area, so it's impossible to trace one individual um, other than just kind of word of mouth, people coming in as witnesses. So those would be the details themselves. Not clean cut at all. Not at all. So uh, you are welcome to if you want. Um, since it's getting into the uh, evening time at this point, if you want to go to the crime scene, you can investigate it yourself tomorrow. Um, you can also just give them your recommendation as far as you know. Um, or you can uh, talk to them some more, question some more, try and find some other related parties. What would you like to do? Uh, because Cherno has a chip on his shoulder for the dragon boy in the worst way possible, um, he's going to go back and talk to Zudas. Okay. What would you like to ask him? Uh, you claim that the red dragonborns are cowards, but there was only Bromworth and a party of four, and yet everyone associated ran off without a trace. Uh, he would reply back, well, I allegedly that's what was said. I, I don't know if that is in fact what happened or not. Simply know that... Uh, that Balagos, uh, or that, uh, Bromoth, uh, uh, crushed a man of my acquaintance to death in an alleyway. That's all that I know for sure. And why would such a noble emissary hire those known for political killing? I didn't hire them for any such thing. I hired them to keep an eye on Ain. He wasn't yes. spirited away. But... Who you are hired? They're known for. They're only known for a specific work. It's no, not mercenary. My understanding is that you didn't hire a mercenary to protect Ain. You hired an assassin. They could have been an assassin. That would be something that you should take up a shadow. They're they're in that business. I am a politician, or I am an emissary. I represent the the my peoples. I am not in the business of hiring out members of the Shadows Guild. Take it up with them. Then where did you find the people you hired? Uh, with one of my many contacts up in the government district. I just told them what I needed and they were more than happy to accommodate me and uh, set me up with somebody that I needed. And would you be able to provide me the name of this contact? Uh, his name is Tobias. He's uh, a halfling uh, orderly within the government district that that manages to set up deals for the, or that manages to to uh, let the emissaries that are here know where they can find specific things, set them up with with who they need to speak to. They they are uh, just run the books back and forth. And is there any record of your request from them that you would have to take up in the emissary's office? Okay, happily. And I guess I'll leave him be. Okay, and you would know that the um, that this isn't going to be a quick case by any means. Um, so if you need to uh, do all the footwork and that kind of stuff, it'll probably end up taking more than a day. And I think that's going to be what happens. All right. Then would you do any kind of uh, last-minute wrap-up type stuff before we call it a night for uh, the night of the 23rd? Uh, just looking through my stuff. I... I guess I'd probably report back to the Temple Guild because I want to build faith there. Okay. Pun intended. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Justice or uh, the your temple My itself. temple. 
Okay. Just to kind of report back on the cases, which one I've chosen to not pursue, in case there's someone else who wants to, and where we're at kind of thing. So they understand that I'm doing the temple's work. Alright, yeah, they say they'll let the Justice Temple know that you aren't to take on that other contract, um, and that they are glad that you're finding such a uh, a niche with niche within the uh, temple, and that you're you're kind of becoming acclimated within here. It's it's good to see that you are taking part in the way that you are. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. And then I think Cherno is going to honestly start scouting out just good places deals on prompt because it's a good way to make friends. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which district would you head to to find a bite to eat? Um, somewhere near kind of the job board merchants, but on the Merchants Guild side. Okay, yeah, you're easily able to find a food stalls, uh, the medieval equivalent of uh, food trucks, uh, are set up all over the place, and every kind of variety of culture and food are there to be found. Go ahead and uh, roll me 2d10, uh, give me the numbers individually. Uh, six, and six. <laughs> One more, and it will be a hell of a meal. You don't want to know what I just rolled, then. <laughs> oh, not um, one to nine. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going there. We're not going there. Uh, so you are able to find, um, and it, it puts a smirk on your uh, on your face when you when you see it. Uh, they have got giant turkey legs for sale at this booth, and it makes you laugh because you know you just got done roasting those chickens with corn, and so to see this turkey leg. Um, sitting at this stall, you know, it makes your stomach rumble, and it does look uh, very good. So you see these turkey legs that are just uh, very, very well cooked. Like, they are, they smell fantastic, the meat is still juicy, you know, it's it's definitely enough to make your stomach rumble clear over across the district as soon as you saw it. And like I said, you got that little bit of a, a chuckle out of it because you just got done cooking chickens with your, your giant Goliath friend, but these definitely look worth their while. Alright, so I'll make a note of that and see if there's maybe a second. A second option? Yeah. Yep. Alright, go ahead and then roll me another 2d10. Uh, 9... All right, you see that this establishment is a little bit um, more set up. It's got kind of a, uh, I don't want to say like a circus tent kind of a thing, but it's got a building building, but it is a kind of impromptu pub, and it's called the Skunk's Pub. And you kind of, the Skunk's Pub, so like a skunk, yep. It kind of catches your eye when you see that. You're like, what the hell is a Skunk's Pub? Uh, And you walk in. And you see that it serves every kind of wine that you are, you know, basically familiar with. All the basic wines that you have. And it serves uh, with that wine a a cheese and bread board. So you can see that all sorts of smelly-ass cheeses uh, and different kinds of bread are served with this wine. uh, Within this kind of pub. I will sit down and probably have a meal there. All right. Uh, they're a little bit on the pricier side for a meal, costing you three copper pieces. So you know, normally it's one or two, but, you know, three copper pieces. But it's it's definitely, you can tell that this is a uh, well, you know, this this is not a cheap food place. You know, that making this cheese or getting all of this exotic cheese is definitely not the easiest thing in the world. All right. And I think Cherno will make a note of all that because, again, it's easy to make friends over food and head back to his place in the temple guild. 
Yeah, go ahead and roll me real quick a uh, percentile die to see how full the tavern was, or the pub. It's uh, 64. Okay, and they had room for 15, so we're going to go ahead and say that just over half. So we're going to go ahead and say that uh, about there were about nine people uh, in there sitting, and it was pretty, you know, it looked like it was pretty hopping. It wasn't, you know, the people that were there were talking in very... Um, open to introducing new people. It was pretty close quarters, so everybody was just kind of chatting. So it definitely looks like a good place to pick up rumors and what. And this cheese was very, very stinky, but very good as well. All right. So then you head back to the Temples Guild? Yep. All right, you head back to the Temples Guild. Uh, it's definitely getting on in the evenings. They're sweeping the front steps, uh, going up to many of the uh, different temples, the uh, orderlies and the apprentice, um, uh, or the initiates and whatnot are... Uh, filing books away and scrolls away in their proper place. So going ahead and you're going you're gonna to call it a night here? I am. Alright, so we will go ahead then and end for this session. So thank you very, very much, uh, Rhino, for joining us here. Uh, I know that this was a little bit longer, but we got a lot done in that amount of time. We did, and we got some updates to the book of packs to make. For sure, yep, uh, and we'll go ahead and discuss that as soon as we get off air. So thank you Perfect. very much, Rhino, and I will talk to you later. Talk to you later. Thanks so much for having me. Yep, bye.